What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky-ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Doing very well, Graham. I'm glad to see the studio is ours again. Yeah, there's a band performing before we got in here, and it was a little loud, a little hard to record a podcast during that, although I think it would have sounded pretty good at the same time to have these guys jamming in the background. Maybe, but I'm just glad to see that the Adam Klaus studio is finally making a little bit of side money, you know? Right. Like, you got this great studio space, you need to give it to someone else besides two losers with a podcast. Sure, and there's a ton of there's a ton of room in here. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not like we're just cramped into a little booth or something. Well, you know, tomorrow morning's yoga. Yoga's in here. Oh, yoga's in here. Yeah. Good. So the ladies come with their mats and all that. Sure. Um, but, do yeah. They, do they listen to the podcast in the background while they do yoga moves? Uh, that's for the, oh, what's it called at the end? Like, not, not, uh... Downward facing sub- Savashana. Savashana. Do you know anything about yoga? I Someone out there is going to get that joke. Um, but that's not correct, but it's something like Savasana. 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 At, the, at the end, like when you relax, that's what you would be listening to. Oh, okay. in my zone. Right when I'm going on one of my rants and you going, oh, Jesus. We play the one where we got in the argument about Dan Quinn. <laughs> yes. Uh, very relaxing <laughs> stuff. Yes. But the studio's ours now, Graham. Um, so should we talk some Atlanta sports? Let's do it. Before we get into it, though, <laughs> uh, need to give a special... Uh, legitimate on-air shout-out to our first co-host and first user as well, I believe, Arthur Roach, who, um, as of, I believe, yesterday, being Monday, is enlisting to be a U.S. Army Ranger, uh, which is a very impressive uh, feat to take on. Sad news for him, though, is he has no sort of... uh, He's not going to be able to have his phone his computer, or any sort of uh, way to listen to this podcast. He's going to have to write all his soccer correspondence by letter. Well, I was thinking that we could give him show correspondence and just have, we can hire like a court reporter. Oh, sure. To just type every one of our uh, words up. And then I guess you have to do the editing on the side. Yeah. And we can mail it off to Arthur. That sounds good. Okay. An entire transcript of the show. And it's got yeah. We have to be a little more thorough as well, since he won't be watching all the games and all that. Sure. So play by play. Yeah. Good on you, Arthur. We'll miss you, buddy. Yes. Best of luck, sir. Kick ass. We're pulling for you. Well, Adam. Today, NFL free agency got kicked off in a huge way. We had uh, Odell Beckham Jr. get traded to the Browns, which is insane. And we had C.J. Mosley sign a huge deal to go to the Jets. And then the Falcons signed two offensive linemen you never heard of to fill gaps that were created by other offensive linemen that you never heard of who are now injured and will not play again probably for this team. But I just I saw some of these big signings going down earlier today, and it just in my heart of hearts, I knew that the Falcons weren't going to do anything huge. I was yeah. actually surprised that they did they did sign those two guys. Well, news came out yesterday that Matt Ryan's deal was renegotiated a little bit, so we were able to get somewhere in the ballpark of seven and a half, eight million dollars or something extra cap flexibility. So we're taking that money and for him it'll be uh incentive money, bonus money, if he accomplishes various feats which were not released to the public. But that money now is taken so that that those the, that bonus money doesn't count against the cap and the money we were going to pay him is now allocated towards the rest of the team. So good on Matt for doing that. Yeah, all you Matt Ryan haters out there, suck it for that one. And I'd also like to point out a uh, an error from you last week. When you said Matt Ryan's a $30 million a year quarterback, he was only $22.8 million against the cap. Oh. I don't think I made errors. 
Every once in a while. Okay. That's the only reason I called you out. Usually your, your pinpoint accuracy is, is <laughs> yeah. beyond communication. I'm all about the details. Yes. Uh, well, I apologize to anybody that went out this past week and was calling Matt Ryan a $30 million a year quarterback. And I actually saw somewhere else that there's like 13 quarterbacks currently that have a bigger cap hit than Matt Ryan. Yeah. Drew Brees being one of them. Yep. And Stafford as well. That's why they're not making any moves either. Yeah. So let's get to the big news then. As we mentioned, two guys you never heard of. The Falcons signed James Carpenter and Jamon Brown. Uh, these guys are going to – are guards. They come from the Jets and the Giants, respectively. Carpenter uh, – James Carpenter came from the Jets. He's going to sign a four-year deal. And Brown comes from the Giants, and he will be coming to the team on a three-year deal, according to ESPN's Von McClure. So – don't know too much about these guys. Um, the one thing that we do know is that Carpenter is a very durable player. Um, started 58 straight games for the Jets from 2015 to 2018. He had a week 10 shoulder injury last year that hampered him a little bit. Um, didn't grade out that well pro football focus. Neither one of these guys did. But at least you like to see the durability of, of Carpenter. And both these guys are supposed to be rather strong run blocking uh, players. So Carpenter <clears throat> was a former first-round draft pick out of Alabama. Um, considered a bit of a bust, though. He's drafted by the Seahawks. But, he, I mean, he, like you said, he's been durable until this past year anyways. And the thing I like about it is the size on these two boys compared to what they're replacing. Um, I think they're respectively 340 pounds and 321 or something 321, like that. 321, which yeah. uh, compared to our starting guards last year, tax on an extra 50 pounds on the offensive line. Right, which I, I like on paper, right, when you're talking about the player. Just the size is nice. But because we run a zone blocking scheme, and Dan Quinn has gone on record saying we're going to continue to run the same offense, it doesn't seem like Carpenter especially uh, is, is the right move here because he was apparently very good when the Jets employed a man blocking scheme. But when they switched to zone, his play really declined. So I'm wondering, with both these guys, because they're a lot bigger, if Dirk Cutter is trying to throw some weight around saying, hey, maybe we should switch up the blocking scheme. Since we've hired Cutter, nothing's come out about what the direction will be for the blocking scheme. So this makes me think, with these beefy guys, that we must, maybe we're switching yes, things up a little yes, bit. Yes, Graham, yes. That's, <laughs> you got there, and I think yeah. that's exactly what's happening. This has Dirk Cutter written all over it. Um, it's the type of offensive scheme he ran when he was here uh, back in Matt Ryan's earlier days. And, uh, you know, I think this is Dan Quinn stepping aside a little bit as well. So he's not supposed to have his hands on the offense as much. So this is a cutter play. Right. And I think one thing also to consider about how poor, or what, I guess you could say how well below average these guys come off with their pro football focus ratings. I think one thing to consider with both these guys with their below average pro football focus ratings is considering the people they have playing next to them, right? Is that the Jets and the Giants as a unit last year, as an offensive line unit, were... Losers. Yeah, total losers. And so now that those two guys, if they're starting, and I assume with three- and four-year deals, they will be starting, or at least definitely competing for that starting position. Yes. They'll have Alex Mack in the middle of both of them. So that makes me think that they're going to do a little better having an all-pro center to, to play with. 
and a very capable Jake Matthews and what your boy Sam Brelo? I guess that's your boy Graham. That's not my boy. Have we put any bet on the record with Sam Brelo? What can we bet on? That he will grade out to be an above average tackle at but, some point in his career. Another long term bet. Yep, ten dollars. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair. Audio handshake. Yep. So, Grant, what are your overall thoughts on this? Are you obviously it's not the big splash I'm sure you were hoping for. Well, I knew, like you said earlier, I knew that wasn't going to happen. Kind of gives us some direction, anyways. Well, it tells me that the Falcons are going to probably draft a defensive tackle in the in this year's draft and not and forego trying to draft an offensive lineman, which I guess for this year's class supposedly is is supposed to be very deep when it comes to defensive line and defensive tackle. So, I mean, I get that. But it just feels like this is classic Thomas Dimitrov at the same time, where he did the same thing last year with Fusco, did the same thing a couple years ago with Levitre, which I will say for Levitre, it sort of worked until he his, his health blew up. But it's just it kind of boggles the mind why we won't devote um, any sort of early round picks to offensive linemen. And I know Thomas struggles to scout these guys, and he's probably gun-shy because of the failures of James Stone and Peter Kahn's over the years. But it's like we're having to do this over and over again. And really also what these two guys remind me of the most is when Thomas made this move on the opposite side of the trenches when he went out and got Tyson Jackson and Paul Solei, who both sucked and were both, were both supposed to be really big parts of solidifying the defensive line. And it, this kind of is the mirror to that to me for the offensive line. And it's, I, I'm just kind of indifferent to it right now. And I just feel like it's classic Thomas. Well, and, and we're going to be in this situation again next year when someone goes down. Cause the same thing happened with Fusco last year where he goes down and now, now what we're just blowing money on these, on these free agent offensive linemen who aren't very good. I mean, I don't know what else he really could have done though. Like we don't have the money to spend on any of the top guys out there. Uh, we needed, a lot more depth, obviously, which we do have now with the signing of these two. Um, and maybe they still do draft a tackle in the first round. I doubt it. I think D-tackle is the way to go, um, just with the bigger star potential that's out there at 14. But we don't know that he's not drafting like a right tackle. No, we don't, but these moves seem to indicate that he's he's, he's going forward for a defensive tackle. Maybe second round they'll go offensive tackle. I don't know. I just think this is this is Thomas's way, and he is the author of this horror that we've been enduring at, at offensive line. Not that we've had like the shittiest offensive line in the world, but it's just like we will not devote early round picks to guys to develop them. And we the only time we draft offensive linemen are projects like Sean Harlow. Where the hell is he? What about Jake Matthews? That is the funny part, is that Thomas Dimitrov has gone on record saying, I don't believe that young like rookie offensive linemen can play initially like I'm not going to spend a high draft pick on a rookie offensive lineman and yet he's done that with Jake Matthews and it's sort of worked out you know he's had his ups and downs but he's been pretty solid recently so it's just like there are plenty of of teams that have invested in in early early round picks top 10 picks even in offensive linemen that have panned out and now he just keeps going back to like guards you know guards tackles doesn't matter like I, I don't want to draft offensive lineman early on pretty much is what he's saying he's just like these guys aren't ready yet and it's just kind of I'm, I'm paraphrasing here but he has said things similar to that and 
it's just really interesting to me that he believes that. Well, they're more interested in your space tacklers and your hard-hitting safeties. I'm fine with, I mean, if you look at, I mean, since Dan Quinn's come along, drafted Grady Jarrett, Keanu Neal, uh, those two guys stand out, especially, and Deion Jones. You know, hopefully the future of your, your line, your linebacking core, and your secondary. So, I mean, we've had some good picks. Have we discussed how, like, it's so messed up, the math of this whole cap situation with we're, we're just trying to make everything work for this offseason, but then we still got all those guys we got to re-sign. Well, you got Deion Jones, and think about especially the C.J. Mosley deal, right? C.J. Mosley is also a middle linebacker, mm-hmm. $85 million deal. The market value is set. And Deion Jones is just as good, if not better, than C.J. Mosley. They're both excellent linebackers, yeah. but now you now you got to freak out a little bit about that. Yeah, him and Neil and Antonio Brown just set the new market for wide receivers. Right, the trade and of the Raiders. Got to do this Julio Jones thing, and yeah, like they better win a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, this, <laughs> this right year, out of time, and then they can gut it. I don't care. I I just I don't know. I I just wish I just wish Thomas would change his way of thinking. It doesn't work. And I wish he would change his way of thinking. Um, but he's not going to. This is his last shot, so. Yeah, he's just doing this. Work. He's just doing the same thing over and over again. I, I, I really don't get it. But you get my point there. Oh, yeah. That if it doesn't work this time for him. Yeah, then it's then he doesn't get another chance to do it again. We'll be talking about. Want to make a bet on who our next, next uh, GM will be? Sure. I'm going to predict it's somebody from the. Miami Dolphins organization. Some up-and-comer. I don't know why. That's just the random franchise that popped into my head. No, I, well, Dan Quinn's going to be gone. I was going to say the Seahawks. So that doesn't work. I'm going to go with um, Tim Tebow. Okay. Yeah. $10 bet? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts for you on these guys? I mean, I don't know much about most offensive linemen. I definitely don't know much about these two. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the depth piece, but hopefully they can play a little bit. Right. I think that's the big thing we're, we're waiting to see. Depth and the beef, because we were just getting beat with guys run, running right up the middle so much. So hopefully this will keep Alex Mack from killing himself right, as well. Right, and having to play on a broken ankle. Yeah. It will be interesting to see if, if, the, if the scheme changes, if we get to training camp or close to training camp and that comes out. Then, the, then these moves make more sense. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Uh, last bit of news and notes in the Falcons is that Marvin Hall reported on his Instagram that it looks like things are done with him and the Falcons. Marvin Hall, if you remember, the last two years has caught amazing deep bombs by Matt Ryan for touchdowns, and that's about his only contribution. So two, hold- two, two big touchdown catches, and that's it. Yeah. I'm holding out for the Falcons drafting Hunter Renfro. Oh, I could see him, us drafting him like in the fifth round, fifth round fourth, yeah. fifth round. I'd say fifth round. He's a fifth round guy. We could draft him and then cut Sanu. No. Slide Ridley to Sanu's spot. No. Hunter Renfro in the slot. Boom. I'd rather, I, I guess I'd rather have Thomas Dimitrov be my GM than you right no, now. No, you know how much money that's going to save us? Yeah, it'd save us money, but. Then we could go out and get a space tackler. Oh, yeah, we need many more of those. Yes. Ugh, woof. Well, I think that wraps up. I the, think that's a great idea, of uh, course. Okay. Well, want to bet $10 that Buy that happens this. or not? Uh, no, because other teams are looking at him pretty heavily. But, um, yeah, we won't put money on that one. Okay. I'll pass. Sure. Let's go on to more, <laughs> ugh, I, I don't want to say depressing, but 
Yeah, it's kind of depressing. What's news. more depressing than the Phil? The United? No, the Braves. How are the Braves depressing? The only the, the thing that's depressing Fulte? about the Braves, yes, Fulte. Well, yeah, Fulte's going to miss a week. Who cares? You don't know how long he's going to miss. They haven't indicated the time length. They'd give it a time length. What is it? They said he, he'll, he'll probably make the first week of April. He's just missing opening day. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, at first it was just bone spurs in his elbow, and he'll be fine and make his next spring start. Now it's... It's sort of like Alex Anthopoulos. Oh, signing Nick Markakis affords us so much financial flexibility to make other moves and help the team. I'm protesting discussing that one anymore. Just saying, I don't trust anything that that comes out of the Braves right now in terms of their opinions on anything. That's all I'll say. It's what they're feeding the press. Yeah, I want to hear that shit. Be honest. So everyone else saw other 29 teams know what you're trying to do? No, just don't give me false hope. Don't say things that are definitely not going to happen say no com- i really say give a bunch of no comments then no one knows what the fuck you're going to do you want to keep it mysterious do that don't feed me bullshit and pig slop which is what this organization has been doing since frank wren left and i'll say this about frank wren at least he was fucking honest oh my god graham even this if he was is, a bum this feels like a dan quinn argument coming up again right now you re- you really don't like anthopolis as a gm right now i'm not saying that i'm saying i don't like being lied to what were you lied to about? That we'll spend money on the team. We haven't spent shit on the team. The payroll's gone down. Already had this argument. There's, I know. The season hasn't even started. I'm not happy. In-season tra- in trades happen. And also, as he uh, Anthopoulos was talking about in an interview. Oh, another interview. Any of these young guys have the potential to pop right now. And you can see that happening in Kyle Wright you can see that happening. Then tell me that. Don't you, tell me he that. He did tell you that. You just weren't listening. No, today. This was like two days ago. Whatever. This week. I've been hearing since the offseason happened that we would be shopping on any aisle we want. And we haven't shopped on shit. But he doesn't agree with spending money just for the sake of I spending know money that. and keeping up with the loser Phillies. And I'm Mets. not saying... To, I'm not I mean, saying that, that's why everyone wants that. I'm not to saying spend, spend frivolously. I'm saying there are areas to upgrade on this team that we didn't take advantage of. That's all. And we were told that we would, and we didn't. If the right deal was out there. I'm just tired of being told things that aren't true. Well, welcome to the real world, Graham. Well, don't say anything, then. I'd rather you be an anonymous ghost that just fiddles away and does your thing in your office than come out to the press and lie. Does the point of why you wouldn't want to go out and mortgage your future for a veteran starter not make sense? No, no, no. Adam, I don't care that... The moves aren't being made. I care that what I'm being told isn't true. So you would, you'd rather, I'd rather him come out and say, We're going to rely on our young guys and go for it. And I'd be like, All right, if that's the position you want to make, I may not agree with it. I may agree with it, but either way, at least you're being honest. So, what what is your reaction going to be when they make a huge in season trade because they have uh, flexibility to add play, payroll? I, I, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't believe it for a fucking second. I believe we'll make another Darren O'Day kind of move in the, in when it comes to the trade deadline this year. So what's your reaction going to be when we do? I'll be like, whatever. I'll be like, fine, we improved a little bit, but we're not going for it. No. What if we make, what if we trade for Corey Kluber at the trade deadline? Are you going to apologize? No, I'll be apologize? like, finally. You told the truth. It only took a year and a half. But he did tell the truth. It, he didn't say when the big deal would happen. It's pretty much off season. Now it's, now it's the trade deadline. He said it at some point throughout the year. Yeah, after... And once we got to this juncture, this is stupid. This, this is team's stupid. good as it is. You and your you Twitter. really trust the bullpen and the starting rotation right now with all the injuries? Yeah, 
We're going to be all right. Okay. I don't. I'm not as concerned about the offense. I'm more concerned about the pitching you, staff. You think we're a sub-500 team? No, not at all. I think we're a competitive team, but we don't really have an established vet- veteran that can give you a shit ton of innings that is actually a good pitcher in the rotation, and we don't have that same guy, a similar guy, in the bullpen. And it would be nice to have some more depth there to me. Even though I know we have a lot of depth in our system, I would just like a couple of more uh, veteran guys in the rotation. At least one that is really a fucking good. A couple more, so then, okay, we're, just, then we're not going to let any of our young no, guys No, 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 no. Just, just one. I would like one fucking stud pitcher that we could have gone out and traded for. Who? Kluber. So you you wanted to lose all of our top prospects. You don't have to give up all your top prospects. Pache. You make it this all or nothing Pache bullshit. Pache is gone. No. Yes. You don't know what the parameters of the deal would be. It's... You have to give up something to get something. You have to give up a lot of prospects. To so get all these fucking pitchers are just going to be in the rotation for the next 20 years. Get the fuck out of here. Eventually, some of these guys are not going to make it. And we'll find out which ones don't. Yeah. But you don't want to lose trade by, value by on them. them. Yeah. You don't lose trade value on them, but to the point where they fucking blow up on you. And then you can't do anything with them. I thought this would be a nice, positive Braves conversation today. Greg. No, I'm still, I'm still mad. Yeah, I'm mad we, more about being like the mistake too. is starting with the Falcons to just put you in a pissy mood. Can't start with the Falcons. Should have started with the Hawks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the United are bad news as well right now. Yeah, Legends are the only thing we could talk positive about right now. I suppose the Hawks too. And the Hawks. Anyways. Anyway, you got any other Braves news? Kristen Pache has been kiss, kicking ass. Sitting over 400 in spring training. Sit a bunch of, what, two or three homers. Um, I think he hit homers on consecutive days. What, what, what is your stance on him right now in terms of where you see him? I mean, you probably see him starting in the minor leagues, I would imagine, but what, what, are, what are you thinking? Um, yeah, he needs more time in the minors. I don't want to Dansby Swanson him, force him up here too quick. I mean, he's... He's had like what, like thirty games in Double A, I yeah. think something like that. So I mean, if he's completely going off and we need the help, then maybe after the All Star break. But I still don't see it. I, I think he's still pretty raw at this point. But it's exciting to see. I mean, everyone says that if he plays right now, he's like the best defensive outfielder in the game. Yeah, I mean, he's he, pretty crazy considering we've seen what Ender and Acuna bring to the table already. Imagine an outfield of those guys when he's ready offensively. And he looks really good, but I agree with you. I think he needs more seasoning. we got to keep in mind the context of spring training. Guys are working on things. You're not facing top-tier competition every at-bat. But it is encouraging to see. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't not see that and be like, oh, shit, there's a lot of potential there. That's been good. Acuna's been heating up. He's been hitting a bunch of home runs lately. Um, he looks locked and loaded and ready to go. Donaldson finally played. Um, so that was good news. I was very happy to see uh, I think that was yesterday's game, maybe, where Ender starts off the game with a double. Donaldson singles him in. I think Freddie actually struck out, and then mm. Acuna with his two-run home run. It's like, oh, that's that's what we're talking about right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's the beauty of Acuna batting fourth, at least. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to get him more at-bats, but if he does hit fourth, I'm not going to complain. I mean, who else would you want to protect? I mean, protect part of you, part of you thinks, who else would you want to protect Freddie Freeman? yeah. But then who protects him is the question. But that means Freddie's going to get a hell of a lot more pitches to hit. Yeah, exactly. And he's the best player on our team. So yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, but pitching staff looks pretty good too. I mean, our our starters ERA is the worst in the division in terms of uh, in terms of ERA in spring training. Take that with a grain of salt. But we have seen some young guys pitch pretty well. Yeah, Kyle Wright has earned himself a spot in the rotation already. I think. Yeah, he looks good. Bryce Wilson looks pretty good. Um, I think especially with Fulte being out, I don't know how long he's going to be out, but if he's out for a significant period of time, I think Wright's your guy. Tukey is also in the conversation, but I think Wright's been a little more dominant than Tukey this spring. Mm-hmm. So I think you got to consider him. Yeah, I think Kyle's earned like the normal five-starter spot, and then Tukey will be the fill-in guy for now. Mm-hmm. And Freed's still around. Freed's got a little more major league experience, so... And both those guys, we stretched out in the bullpen and do that six starter, rotate them in and out from AAA and all that. And I think with Jazz. yeah, and I think with the amount of of health issues we've had, nothing major yet, but it is good to know that if someone goes down, you got Freed, you got Tukey, um, waiting in the wings to to step in, and hopefully you don't lose a step. And I'm really excited to see the progression of Tukey Tucson this year. I mean, that's your boy. Yeah, the guy's got. I, I watched his debut. It was uh, it was there. It was it was incredible. The guy's got amazing stuff. If he can just get his control in order, we're gonna be we're gonna be looking really good with him. More of an Adam Duvall guy myself. Of course, you yeah. want Tukey to be your guy. That's, sure, that's cool. Uh, Newcomb's walking people still. I'm not too encouraged by what I'm seeing from him. Now that I haven't watched the spring training game yet, but from what I'm hearing about, I'm not. I don't know. It's spring training, but <laughs> even still. You know, guys. Are you, are, you, are you spring training stats guy? No, but that's why I'm not saying he's walked X amount of batters or has a whip of this or anything like that. I just, but are you concerned about spring training stats? I'm concerned about performance and and the amount of uh, well, you know. I guess yes, yes. In this particular respect, fine. You, you broke me down. So, so then you're happy with the Braves being in first place? Then love it. You got your. Grapefruit League ring all ready to go. Oh yeah, you got. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna put a. I'm gonna put a bumper sticker on my car and a tattoo on my ass. Grapefruit League champs. (laughs) 2019 baby. 2019. Last year at Disney, that it's just fitting that we win the championship. Right. So if there's one championship you want to win, it's the fucking Grapefruit League. We'll have a parade. At least fly down to Orlando. Sure. Well, at least do a shot or something. Okay, that's fair. Okay. But yeah, Newcomb, I don't know. We just got to see. We just got to see with him. But that's just something that's continued to plague him his entire career thus far, which has been very frustrating for the guy of his talent. I will not have this negativity about Sean Newcomb. And the third week of spring training, for Christ's sake. It's just very (laughs) concerning his entire career. You know he's had one season. Yeah, you know he's had had a lot of walk problems. It wasn't just one season. It's been more than a season. He pitched some the year before last. He walked a shit ton of people. And Anderson Simmons sitting 300 and getting 6-7 war in Anaheim. Move on, Graham. I can't. But we will move on with the show. Let's try switching seats. Let's, let's switch it let's up. Switch it up? All right. <laughs> yeah. Let's keep this audio going. <laughs> I'm not picking up what you're putting down today, Graham. At least on this brave section. There we go. This I like this. weird. Okay. That's a much better I feel seat. like How I'm, are you negative in this seat? Well, you got some back support. I feel like I'm, uh, I'm I'm on the stand or something in a trial. Well, that's how that's how I usually sit. You're the one with the back support. This is your chair. Yeah. No, I'm saying right now. I feel like. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe it'll be good for you. Okay. All right. What else you got? Let's talk about the Hawks. Okay. The uh, Trey Young 
and John Collins had a monster evening a couple of nights ago. Trey Young recorded his first triple double of his career, and John Collins had thirty plus points and twenty rebounds. I mean, Jesus Christ! As the season progresses, they just keep doing more and more amazing things. You know what? I really haven't been impressed with what I've seen out of either of these young players. I just really think we're going to look back and like they've had a couple big games and that's fine and dandy it's cute that you can you know play some decent basketball when opponents don't give a shit about who they're playing because you're the Atlanta Hawks fifth the worst uh, team in the league and you know you have to play rookies because you have no real players on your team and I just think the Hawks not taking Luka Doncic is just classic Atlanta Hawks um you know, the schlank, it's going to go down because of this. And, it, you know, I just hate everything. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's a good invitation. What? What? So you're going to sit here and tell me that uh, that you don't like the way either one of these guys are playing right now? Do you know how many double-doubles that Trey Young has this year? Um, let me look it up on my ESPN app real quick. Um Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I love those guys. Yeah, no. We did a little role reversal for you users who can't see us, where Adam was me and I was him. I think they picked up on what we were doing there, yeah, Graham. I'm just saying for those that may not, not understand. Let's not question our users' intelligence. Sorry, users. Um, yeah, they're awesome, Graham. Yeah, hell of an effort. And to hear they lost that game was even better. Yeah, they lost to the Nets. It was, it was fantastic. I'm definitely team lose. Yes. Lose out. Sure. I'm worried about these Mavericks, man. They're gunning for us. Yeah. Like, there, there's a chance we missed their pick. Last, last odds I saw was that there's a, like, a 65% chance that we do end up with the Mavs pick. And then, you know, you can figure out the rest of the math from there. Mm-hmm. That the that Dallas gets to keep their pick if they end up in the top five. And they're just playing a whole bunch of losers plus Luka right now. So yeah. they're tanking. For sure. It's very unfair. It is. I think Luka finally playing tonight, so hopefully they can pick up a victory. But it is kind of scary as the season winds down. But the Hawks have a pretty tough schedule down the stretch, especially with, um, let's see, I think we play Houston soon, San Antonio again, teams of that caliber, right, that are a lot better than us. So Mm -hmm. we'll we'll probably, I think we are secure where we are. Although we play better than Houston, man. We saw that a couple weeks ago. That's true. That's true. Play a higher quality basketball than Houston, anyways. Yeah, we seem to rise up to the occasion there. Uh, the The game on Sunday night, Kevin Herter had an excellent game, had twenty seven points, I believe. It was just shooting lights out from three point range, and John Collins once again had a double double. There was also a amazing alley oop. If you haven't seen it, I would suggest tracking down the highlights somewhere. Where uh, I think it was Her- yeah, it was Herter two. John Collins, and it was like a windmill alley-oop that was just one of the sickest alley-oops I've ever seen, like in a actual game. And it just it just rocked my world. And I love watching John Collins work, either when it's he's working in the air or he's working in the post. The man just dominates the game. And he's not like a super big man, but he's able to just, no matter who he's playing, doesn't matter. It, it is it is mind-blowing to me, his, his vertical jump, and his ability to, to to work in the post, and he's got a g- really good three point shot that's developing. He's becoming an all around excellent well, player. The one thing he can't really do is create his own shot. He does rely on Trey Young a lot to get him those looks, but 
I mean, he's only in a second year, so right. I think that will come as well yeah. in time. But even in the post, when he's on, when the guy's on him, he's, he, he he's can make a move on it. Yeah. But like, he can't like create his own shot off the dribble. Or oh, anything. right, yeah. yeah. When he's taking jump shots, yeah, he's much more of a catch and shoot right. guy if he's outside the paint. And yeah, I think you can certainly keep working on that. But once again, man, just watching when you sit down and just watch this team. And my mom even watched a game the other day, and she doesn't watch the Hawks as much, even though she likes the Hawks. And she was like, "It's a really." exciting team this is like that that Kyle Corver team uh, they're getting that national attention too which is pretty crazy for a bottom dweller relatively like Trey Young and John Collins have been all over the place mm-hmm. Kevin Herter was on uh Sports Center yeah I think it was on the Scott Van Pelt or something yeah after uh Dwayne Wade gave him his jersey after the heat game last week which is a cool moment as well yeah um so to get two hits like that at 19 and Herter and John Collins as we've said many a time Huge for guys like us. Yeah, yeah. We are everything we got is going into those guys. Yeah. And it was, it was really good to see Herter bust out, especially since he's been battling some health issues coming out of the All Star break. Seeing him drop twenty seven like that, almost effortlessly, was was tremendous. I feel ashamed that I used to mispronounce his name at the beginning of the yeah, season. Yeah, we were like Kevin Huter, Herter, Hoyter. I don't know this guy. Yeah. Now it's like Herter. We we know you, Kev. Yeah. We we, know we you. got your boy. Your boy. Yes. Well, I think we can move on to, I guess, United. Did you watch? You actually watched the game on, on Sunday? Yeah, I watched the entire game. Me too. Um, disappointing. Your boy, Frank DeBoer. is on the hot seat. Yeah. For the, by the fans. Have, for the fans. Did, did you hear what he said today? No, I did not. He said something along the lines of, you can't expect every season to be like last season. Ooh. So he's trying to get the fans' expectations down already. After like three games, I think that's really counterintuitive. If you're the defending champion, you should want to repeat and stay the champion. Yes, but Frank's saying that ain't gonna happen because I'm not Tata Martinez, and we don't have um, Almiron. So fans, get it in check. I see all your flags waving outside your houses. You know, just take half of them down, replace it with the Braves flag or something. Because um, this is Braves country now. <laughs> Atlanta, <laughs> Baseball season's starting up. Yeah, Atlanta United, you guys just need to step back. Like It's not going to be a good year, according to your head coach. Man, that's wild. I didn't know you said that today. I paraphrased parts right. of that. but yeah. I mean, especially him talking about the Braves there. I mean, that, that's something <laughs> yeah. else. I'm impressed he knew all about yeah. that. Um, it was interesting watching that game because within the first five minutes, it was classic United from last year. It was like we got on a nice break, passed the ball to Joseph Martinez, who – destroys the goaltender who was a backup goaltender apparently and it's one nothing within the first five minutes you're like okay here we go here comes united here's what we've been waiting for and the rest of the game is just boring as all hell couldn't get anything going well keep in mind also that they're playing cincinnati who is a startup team right and like they, they shouldn't have been on the same field as us no should have been a three nothing victory at a minimum so your boy frank over there he's convinced on running his system of soccer, despite the fact, system of soccer, <laughs> that sounds like I know what I'm talking about, doesn't yep, it, Grant? It does. He's bringing his system in here and trying to implement it with the United, despite all the success that we had last year. And he's gone on record as saying, yes, we will stick with my system regardless, because I guess in his past stop, he didn't hold to his uh, guns as hard, and that kind of screwed him over. So mm. we're on the DeBoer system now, Graham. 
It's, it's interesting to hear that because I think you have to find, you have to write a fine line, right? You have your own philosophies. Frank DeBoer has been very successful where he's coached before. However, when you come into a new environment with a team, you got to think about your personnel and you got to think about how much can I put in my own philosophy to the way we play the game, to how this team was successful last year and try to find some amalgamation that can evolve organically where you get the best of both worlds, I think. It's really hard to do that. So what they tried to do with Sarkeesian, and it kind of screwed Sarkeesian over a little bit. And well, Sarkeesian opinion. had no say in anything. He was sort of just thrown to the wolves and said, Well, they're saying you do this system, yeah. Yeah, but I think with DeBoer, who has had a track record of success, unlike Sarkeesian, who had a, no track record at all, really, especially in the NFL, with, with this guy, you got to say, okay, Let's find a happy medium and figure out what we're going to do. What puts us in the best position to succeed? You and the team. And I think his obstinance is hurting United right now. But I also still think that you got to consider this kind of calf shit and how the team must be exhausted. Even yeah. though not everybody's playing in both games, it still has to wear down on you. The traveling and playing teams like Monterey who are, you know, they seem tier, out of tier, our league. Yeah, yeah. here above MLS play. Uh, by the way, for those of you who didn't watch the game, the United ended up having a draw. One to one. With that goal scored in what, like the 85th minute, yep. something like that. Very disappointing. Yep. And the fans, good on you, Atlanta United fans. I like your passion. They booed them already. Defending champions, getting booed. What are we, Philly nowadays? That's, that's how it feels. It's like it was really interesting listening to 92.9, the game this week so far. It's like. Almost every seg- like every other segment is talking about Frank DeBoer. People are calling and going nuts. I feel like I am living in Boston or something or Philly or some northeast town where people are just waiting to rip someone's throat out. 92.9, you can tell that they're the, the soccer station. Yeah. Like they, they definitely talk about it a lot, but like when like Buck and Kincaid try to touch on it, they I think we can talk soccer better than Buck and oh, Kincaid. oh. Hot take. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bucket Kincaid, but I, I do think that is true, at least at this point in time. Man. Yeah. So, the longest... But sport. that also could mean that they're very good as well. Oh. But we're just a step above. Oh, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, we are better at talking soccer than the longest tenured uh, Atlanta sports show in the history of Atlanta sports radio. Yeah, but the soccer team's just as new to them as it is to us. That's fair. They're better at sports talk than us, clearly. Yeah. yeah. Man, shots fired. Yeah. Wow. Coming after him. Jesus. All right. So I don't know what happens here. I don't know who they play next. So maybe we're not that good at knowing. I think we play Monterey again, right? In the second Yeah, we leg. play Monterey tomorrow night at home. Um, this broadcast probably won't. Be out in time. Maybe not. Maybe <laughs> so, <we'll>, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the game will probably already be over by the time you, yeah. you hear this. And then we play Columbus. Do we trust me with that? You're the. There'll be a correct the soccer expert. You're, be better, cor- you're better than Buck and Kincaid, so we'll, we got to we'll, trust you. We'll put a, a correction next week if that's wrong, but I believe Columbus. Okay. That's a great way to end uh, the soccer segment. Yeah. And the system of soccer. Yep. As Adam Cloud calls yep, it. Yep, yep, Fought my ass off today. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adam, I think that covers everything we need to talk about this week on this episode of Atlanta Zone. Any final thoughts for the users? We already know about your growing soccer expertise. Do you have anything else you want to fill us <laughs> in on? Um, 
Well, we, we, we should mention that the Legends won this week. Yes. And also, I was looking at their schedule, and they play a Saturday game at 2 Ooh. in a couple weeks. That sounds like something we should get in I on. think we should. We yeah. should probably go to that. I, I don't love these Sunday 4 o'clock games as much, but this one's Saturday at 2 at the TED. Get your tailgate on. Yeah, that sounds good. It's fair to mention that, yeah, Legends won their last game, so 2-3 and three now. Aaron Murray, your full-time starter, 123-20. And... Get a little momentum going. Get a little momentum going, which is nice to see for the the home, the new home football team. Yes, uh, but yeah, this was a, a much tougher episode than I anticipated, Graham, in terms of emotions, sure, anger, uh, aggression, aggression, and newfound expertise. So feel like I've grown. Happy I did it with you. Couldn't have said it better. Until next time, rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer. All hail ATL, and it remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality sip. Hospitality sip. <laughs>